Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a screaming shout. I love of Indiana, his manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Eric, 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 here we are again, the end of another magical trip to Bloomington. Where are we to record this episode of the Hoosier Hysterics podcast? As I look out at this beautiful vista, to my left, your right, as we smoke two cigars in the fresh Bloomington air at 10.30 p.m. on Tuesday night, I see the beautiful library, the best library in the country. And off to my left, your right, I see the picturesque courthouse. One of the prettiest, most idyllic courthouses in all the land. We are on the balcony, the Jack and Diane Terrace, as it is called at the Graduate Hotel. It was locked. We finagled our way to unlock it. And it is just us on this unbelievable terrace that truthfully no one, not enough people get to experience because they don't do a lot of events here because they can't have alcohol. If you know somebody in a place of power in Bloomington, push on them to allow alcohol in this fine facility. It's, you know what it is, Ward? It's just the church that's next door. It's just the church. If you belong to the church next door. (laughs) Put pressure on them. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But to your point, it is very well taken because it is a stunning space on our favorite hotel in the world. And to be clear, finagling our way into a locked door, we didn't pick the lock. The ever accommodating staff at the Graduate Hotel allowed us to come out here like a couple of minutes before it closed. That's true. Well, he did have to come up and unlock it though, after the time. But they locked it too soon, right? They locked it too soon. Yeah. They did. All right, so let's go back to the beginning. And let's talk about the fact that we got here on a red eye on Thursday morning. We arrived in Bloomington right about 6.30 a.m., 6.25, 6.30 a.m. We hit, we, well, we tried to go to White Castle because we wanted some greasy sliders for breakfast. But wait, 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 wait. Not we. 
I looked at you and I'm like, what do you want to do? And you're like, I could eat something right now. Now, keep in mind, 6.30 a.m. was 3.30 a.m. our time because we took the red eye. And I said, what are you thinking? And Ward said, well, I could always go for White Castle at 6.30 a.m. Well, to be fair, that's like the perfect kind of stoner food at 3.30 a.m. Not that I was stoned or in California. No. But it's sense memory. It's just I know that's the perfect time to eat on that. Keep in mind, we'd also already stopped at a Marathon gas station to pick up hydrogen peroxide because my ear wouldn't clear from the flight again. And so Ward read online that it was either olive oil or hydrogen peroxide you could dump <laughs> in your ear and it would clear it out. And so we went to some Marathon gas station somewhere south of Mooresville, yep. I want to say, north yep. of Martinsville. Yep. And Ward walked in to this Marathon gas station at five, uh, 5.30 in the morning and asked one question, didn't even ask. Nope, just found it. Just found it and came out of the gas station with one item, hydrogen peroxide, to which I said, that has never happened before. <laughs> no one has ever walked into that gas station, I don't care what time it is, and only purchased hydrogen peroxide. It's and, never happened. And I took issue with that. You because did. Because I think somebody is like, you know, in their cabin or on their farm uh, in the rural Indiana countryside and somebody gets an owie and what's open at the, in the middle of the night? Run a marathon and get the hydrogen peroxide. I think that's why it's there for people like me. What was shocking to me was that you got a big old bottle of hydrogen peroxide for $2.13. Yeah, great deal on peroxide. <laughs> All right, so we get in, we go to the White Castle. We, are, we do make ourselves both excited about it. And it's closed. Harsh. Which, which is really the moment in 2021, November where I realized this pandemic has real consequences. I realized that, that was, last time when like Nick's was closed on a yeah. Monday. For me, this was it. it when White home. Castle is not open at 6.30 a.m. in Bloomington, the world has gone to shit. And keep in mind, by the time we rolled up to that darkened White Castle, you had come full circle, and now you were also excited totally. about White Castle. I am with you. You were looking up the breakfast menu. I was. I was like, <laughs> what can I throw in the hole on this? <laughs> throw in the hole? <laughs> All right. So we make a left out of White Castle. We got to head back east to get to the graduate. We're like, we got to get something to eat now because we're pot committed to eating. Yeah. Crescent donuts, otherwise known as garbage donuts. <laughs> Not because they're garbage. Because one of the last times we were here, I ate Crescent Donuts on top of a trash receptacle. They, they had been thrown away. They had been placed on, as storage on top of a trash receptacle. Not, Whatever. Not as storage. They weren't coming back for them in a week. We don't know that. We do. We don't know that. We're sure of it. We're pretty sure of it. So we both went into Crescent Donuts. First time I've ever walked into Crescent Donuts. Same. I got a fritter. I got a cinnamon roll with chocolate and pecans, I think. You got a blueberry cake donut. So good, so good. And a, what What do you call that where it has the, I had the cream in this inside. A Boston cream, but it wasn't chocolate, right? It, it wasn't chocolate and it's not like the. the, the not an eclair. It, it's, it's the lighter, fluffier type of it's, white cream. Yes, it's cream, not custard. That's it. Yeah, you said it. I mean, you said cream. 
I just I wanted to be clear that yeah, yeah. it was cream and not custard. And I'm with you. Custard donuts are disgusting. Oh, I'll do a custard donut. I won't. But I, I won't. wasn't feeling it that. I don't that like morning. the consistency. I don't want to get into it. It's I, a little jizz like you. Oh, Ward. <laughs> Ward's too loose right now. Ward's too loose. You've got to hit. Now that you said that, you have to hit explicit on this podcast, which I just recently found out Ward never does. Not once. And we're always explicit. Yep. All right. Hey, it hasn't been as so far. Who's going to call us? The podcast police? The PP. Um, so, <laughs> so my donuts, here's all I'm going to say about the fritter. I love an apple fritter. Was it the best apple fritter I've ever had? No. Was it excellent? Yes. Did it weigh 27 pounds? Yes. This thing could have killed someone. It was so <laughs> dense. And, and, and by the way, I felt every ounce of it in my stomach. We get back to The Graduate. We both sleep for a few hours. Yeah, I will say, though, the blueberry cake donut, and often the cake donuts, they're kind of heavy. Yeah, yours light, It was kind of light and fluffy and and tremendous. Both of my donuts were tremendous. So everything we've heard outside of the trash can donuts is absolutely accurate. So we wake up Thursday, and we got to get something to eat. We go to one of our favorite spots for breakfast, brunch, you know, if you will. Our clock is all messed up, but we go to Runcible Spoon. We crush that. We walk around campus. Where Eggs Benedict, they do the holidays right at the Runcible Ooh, they, Spoon. Would you say they come correct? They did come correct, and I bet they do for other people, too. Yeah. So, I think if you're in town and you want a good breakfast, Runcible Spoon is, is a, you know, Runcible Spoon, Village Deli. I love uptown. eating in a house, in an old house. Yeah, it does feel good. So, then we just walked around campus and just, you know, enjoyed ourselves. And then we did make our way over to the basketball facilities snuck ourselves into Cook Hall and met up with the assistant coaching staff where we do what we do when we see Dane Fife's office. We fuck with it. Totally. (laughs) And Ward has the best move of all. I hid his computer, but Ward's great move is to take the batteries out of his remote controls and then hide the batteries. (laughs) So we do that. We make it hard to get to his desk. This time, though, instead of hiding like taking out all the batteries i took i just took one out of each remote even more maddening yeah yeah and you also did a classic move where he had some bananas <laughs> and you hung one of the bananas from the coat rack which, behind the door which we only found out when we came back the next day while he had discovered everything else eventually he had not seen that banana for a solid 24 hours on the coat yes rack. now the other thing i did was steal merchandise. I'll just be honest. Straight up. I straight, Dane had a stack of merchandise in his office and I simply stole it. We happened to be the same size XL, which I'm not proud of. <laughs> I'm, and, sure, I'm sure he's not either. No. And well, he's six four. <laughs> I mean, the dude's big. Yeah, that's true. But I'm wide <laughs> and it fits and I stole it. And am I proud of it? Yes. <laughs> and did it come into play later in this story? Yes. Fair enough. We'll get to that. So we just hung around and did what we do, hung around Cook Hall. And here's what's great, because these assistant coaches have uh, tolerated us. All all of them have uh, tolerated us to a certain degree that if we're just bopping around the office, they all assume that one of the other ones invited us to be there. This is the key to life. <laughs> I have just realized, and you and I have figured this out. 
if you act like you belong at a place where there are multiple points of authority, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. anyone who sees you, who knows you in some way, even if they hate you, is going to assume, well, you couldn't be here unless someone else said it was okay. <laughs> Somebody opened the door for these guys. So who is that person to then kick them out? So that was great. Uh, and then we had dinner. And dinner, we go to Little Zagreb's. And the great thing about uh, all of these trips is Little Zagreb's is usually where we you know, go with our, our family, our friends. We meet new friends there. Uh, this time it was just a Ward and Eric date. It was. It was a one-on-one -on -one date, which we don't get that often. No, we needed some quality time. And we got it. We had a, a, some run-ins with some... Run-ins sounds like there was a confrontation. There wasn't. Some people that are hysterics uh, out there came up to us. We got to chat them up a little, which was really nice. Had an incredible steak dinner. Uh, it was pretty late at that point. Walked around, smoked some more cigars. Well, we came up with our cigar walking route. Because tonight's not too cold, but la last week when we first got here, it was like down into the 30s at night, so we couldn't be idle and smoke. So we do this nice up and down Kirkwood, uh, well, like let's say up Kirkwood, take a ride on Walnut, go all the way loop, you know, past- To sports. To, to sports, basically, turn it back around, then come all the way back down And Kirkwood. do the square, walk around the square. Do the square, it's- It's, a, it's, it's a, magical. It is. It's just magical. Now I'll tell you what isn't magical, and this is, this, uh, I'm going to say two serious things here. I doubt it. No, I'm going to be serious here. Okay. And I thought about tweeting about this, but I decided not to because I thought we could talk about it. Number one, Bloomington is very different than when you and I came here. And I don't mean the buildings and the places. It was a Thursday night. When we were in school, Thursday night was the first night of the weekend. Right. And Kirkwood was packed. I mean, bars were packed. The pandemic has crushed the world it's crushed bloomington i mean places that are usually open really late are closing early the kirkwood itself even if it was cold there were always people there it was uh it made me sad but the other thing that makes me sad that i want to spend a little bit more time on Wait, should i counter oh, on that real quick before? oh you're gonna counter me yeah because i do think what is and i was at the bars in bloomington a lot more than you were that, and they've all doubled their square footage since we were here. And when we went by sports, that place was packed. And it's like 10,000 square feet. Okay, and but Kilroy's up, was empty. Right, because it was a sports night. And and look, I granted, I, I wouldn't have ever expected to see uh, Kilroy's on Kirkwood that empty on a Thursday. But then you also had Upstairs was bumping. And then I Brothers, just, and now Brothers was not a thing when we were, and, and that was like when we walked past the sidewalk there, there were people out on the I sidewalk. I know, but there's 40,000 people at this school. I feel like when we were here, every bar was bumping. And that, it felt sad to me. You, the pandemic has hurt it, no doubt. I mean, they, I'm sure there's people who just don't go anymore. I think there's people that just got comfortable staying in their dorms or apartments and mm -hmm. houses, and they just got comfortable with that. But here's the other thing the homeless problem. There is a significant homeless problem in Bloomington. We're not gonna to take too much time on it. But here's what I wanna say about it. I don't know the politics of Bloomington. I have heard that the Bloomington mayor has told the police, you can't do anything about it, don't touch them. And I think that the mayor, if that is the case, thinks that that's like the humane thing to do here. It is not the humane thing to do here. I'm not saying get rid of the homeless people because I don't wanna see homeless people. 
it's it's not dig. It's no way to treat somebody to just say we're not going to help you. I don't care if there's government subsidized housing that needs to be built in Bloomington. They're putting up new buildings all the time here. Like I know they say in real estate they're not making any more land. They're sure as hell building up here. They got to treat these people substance abuse mental there's obviously mental illness going on it makes me sad for them it is not a way to treat somebody now you can't force somebody to go somewhere but the city of bloomington needs to take a little bit of i think a different look and perspective on how to fix this and i'm not suggesting what the solution is i don't know the inner workings of the bureaucracies here in the red tape but all I know is, if anybody thinks that the dignified way and humane way to deal with it is not to deal with it, and just, well, they want to be there, let them be there, it's not. It's sad. There's a better way for those people, and I think it's the job of government to figure out what that is and help them, and especially help the people that cannot help themselves. And clearly, with substance abuse and mental illness, some of these people cannot help themselves. That's where government I think conservatives and liberals can agree that is where government should be stepping in. We can disagree past that, but at least there, let's do something. And it's not good for businesses in Bloomington, and it's not good for families that come to Bloomington and walk around. But it's also just not good for those people, and it makes me sad. And I don't like being sad in Bloomington, and I feel for those people. It hurts my heart. I would be interested to hear actually both on the bar question and on the homeless question is it is it that much worse this is the homeless question now than when we were here because people's park was kind of where that was centered now and now there doesn't really seem to be that in people's park it's over by cnz teriyaki place where there's yeah. always three or four but like to me that feels kind of like it was when we were here. I don't, I don't, I feel like it's worse. I mean, we obviously have subjective feelings on this. I've talked to people that live in Bloomington who tell me that the homeless problem is a major problem. Okay, so you're living in the woods behind businesses. Okay. So I've talked to a few people who said it is a major problem. And look, we know, Ward, it's, it's a major problem it's in LA. It's a national problem, we, so it's not surprising to me that it is more prevalent here too. But it does seem like in a smaller town that has tons of money, this is a rich, rich, rich town per capita that there's no way you can't have someplace for them to stay at least at night when it's cold. Yes. It's got to be more manageable here than in Los Angeles where yeah. it's 20 million people. So anyway, I don't want to derail the podcast, but that, that did stick out to my head. We went to sleep. We wake up Friday and this is the day where we really think like it's prep time. It's prep time. We got stuff to do. We got two big events coming up on Saturday. And so the thing we really wanted to do was get to Cook Hall to try to get interviews with the male players. People are looking at us out the window. Uh-oh. Are we being too loud? I don't know. It's probably either somebody They're who's looking really at us. angry or somebody who's flashing us. No one's flashing us. Okay, so we are just being angry. snooped on. Uh-oh. I don't know how this is going to go, so let's just keep going. So we went and we got interviews with all the players, and we you, got to talk to the players. You're, you'll try to be quiet for... Uh-oh, is the window opening? No. Oh, they turned on their air conditioning unit. Well, maybe that's what they were doing. Well, probably to drown to out... To drown out us. Noise. We could go over to that corner. But we went... That corner was loud. But even just there, and then you... At least your booming voice won't go straight into their window. Shut up. <laughs> You want to go here? Sure. 
I didn't hit stop. Good. No, this is this is how the sausage gets made. And again, everybody knows we have a very big production crew. Yes. We have every Johnny, Johnny, could you move the rig? All right, just gonna take us a second to rewire. Okay, we're rewired. Is my lav mic on? Okay. Testing. Good. Sibilance. Sibilance. Okay. Is that the squeaking of the table yeah. we're gonna be hearing throughout? Okay, so we wanted to talk to the players, get a gauge for how everybody was feeling about the event. And here's what I can say. Every player, women's player and men's player, was excited about these events. No one really knew what to expect. It's the first of its kind. But everybody seemed really excited and invested in doing it. And, and that includes us. We didn't really know what to expect. There's, you have it in your mind's eye. We had a lot of great people at pro camps and within uh, the department who are helping making this thing happen, but it never happened before. And uh, I, I, like, I for one was like, um, we're just gonna have to kind of wing it. We got a script, we got a map, but when we got here and we saw pro camps had their people coming in and on the ground and to see the enthusiasm in the voice and in the eyes of the players, like, well, this is this is this can't go too badly because everybody's excited about it and even if it's messy or we fall down it's going to be or if we look stupid well i knew we would look stupid sure so i wasn't worried about that um but that just gave me a lot of confidence to see one people who are here to help and uh the people who are going to participate were pumped up for it so got some interviews with a bunch of players put them out they all retweeted it was great. We were just really excited. It kind of started making the event feel real to me. And then Friday night, you and I hit an old haunt, the Cafe Pizzeria, where we were joined by none other than Kenya Hunter. We could say this. I mean, Coach Woodson's here, so he certainly would be a good nominee, a good candidate. But let's say Coach Kenya Hunter is tied with Coach Woodson for the coolest man in Monroe County. So much swag. Coach Yaw's right behind. He is. He's 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 a little bit. He's the he's under. You know. He's just kind of coming. I give Kenya the seniority. Sure. Uh, Yaw's the up and comer. Yep. And Dane, no swag. No, no, not at all. No swag. Funny guy. Funny guy, but Funny no swag. Guy. No. If Dane Fife were not a basketball player, he would be us. Yeah, maybe that's why we get along so yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cafe Pizzeria with Kenya, which was awesome, and Kenya had never been. To pizzeria so he then it was like, he seemed like he hadn't even heard of it holly is facetiming me and i'm going to decline it bloop so saturday for us showtime we get up we get pretty i get up early you <laughs> never get up early it's that that was the recurring theme of this week it's just me waiting for when is the appropriate time that i can text ward to be like can we go now? Can we get our day started? Keep in mind, it's not that I require that much more sleep. It's that I go to sleep later because I'm investigating UFOs online. <laughs> <laughs> Good excuse. <laughs> what did you find? Are they out there? I mean, it's, don't, a, it's don't drip, it. drip, drip disclosure, okay? It's, uh, there's, there's, they're hiding it in plain sight. Okay. Okay, guys. 
Earlier tonight, by the way, Ward looked in the sky right before we were going to start. He goes, oh my God, what's that? And I thought for sure Ward was thinking that he spotted UFOs. I wish. I it, wish. Instead, it was vampire bats. You did catch me looking at the airplane landing in Indy, hoping to find a UFO you did. in the sky. Yes. It was, I mean, like we were above the cloud layer, and in L.A., you, like you look up and you see like four faint stars. You're not going to see a UFO in L.A., but flying into Indy. Oh, oh, yeah, that's where the UFOs would come. <laughs> All right. So we went over to the uh, cook hall where everything was starting to get set up. And uh, Ward and I had to decide on an outfit. That's right. That's right. And we did not do a lot of prep work on this because I forgot my Hoosier Hysterics T-shirt in Los Angeles. And I was glad. And <laughs> I, I never want to wear my own face really ever, but particularly at an event. Ward doesn't like the self-promotion. I don't like my face. Your face is, it's a cartoon. Your face as a cartoon looks great. I'm a serious actor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided we needed to find a matching outfit. One of the items that I had stolen from Dane's office was this really cool IU jacket. This thin, just very plain but cool IU jacket. You stole other items? Ward, I stole like eight items. Oh, I just, re you put the jacket on right away and I thought that was the oh, thing. Oh no, I stole a lot of stuff. <laughs> okay, okay. Including shoes. <laughs> oh, that's right, I do, I do remember okay. seeing you grab the shoes. So Ward had red shoes, I had black shoes, I did want red shoes, I saw red shoes in Dane's office, I'm like, all right, I at least gotta wear those. And then, God bless him, Benny Sander, wow. gave Ward very cool knockoff Pinstripes. I'm Justin Smith. Oh, you're Justin Smith. Why don't you Shocking. go do an Arkansas it's podcast? It's late. Candy stripes. Uh, awesome, well-fitting, non-snapping candy right. stripe Not tearaways, pants. just candy stripe pants. And I thought, well, that looks cool. So I had the jacket. Ward had the pants. So then it was like, can we get Ward the jacket and me the pants? Voila. Benny found a jacket for Ward. The pants came to me. But they were, this is now Saturday, they were the right size, but they were the snaps. They were the tearaways. And I didn't, I put them on, you, we you can could see, see my underwear. You could see your, your dirty drawers. And I didn't have shorts to wear. I just had jeans to wear. And when we were at our car putting it on, and I realized that I was also changing in the middle of the parking lot. And I was like, this is fine, nobody's here. And then a group of like 60 people exit well, Assembly Hall. Mostly school children. Yeah. <laughs> school children. They're but, students at IU. No, I thought they were like high school, middle school. When you say school children, it sounds like elementary school well, it's children. Be, it's better storytelling. It is. Okay. So my underwear was fully visible. So that didn't work. Wait, and keep in mind, while you were changing in the... Because once the people came out of Assembly Hall and you're like, I can't do this in the parking lot. I need to go into the back seat of the car. Keep in mind... This is a car that was provided to us by Evan Martin. Community, community cars. cars. God bless that man and community cars. Really took care of us this weekend. Um, and Eric, while changing in the back seat, also just had a cup of lemonade, lemonade from Buffaloes that he spilled all <laughs> over the back seat. It was just, it was, stand, you know what they call it, standing water? Yeah. It was standing lemonade in the bucket back seat. That is all over my hat that I put on. My <laughs> pants are soaking wet. So we had an issue. The candy stripes weren't going to work unless I got shorts. Okay, fine. So they went and looked for shorts. 
they did find shorts for me. So that was good. They also found a matching pair of snap tearaways for Ward. Yes. And so now we had matching outfits. We had the jacket, the snaps, and the, and Ward put the snaps on over the regular pants. And this is where growing up in a circus town and watching clowns growing up comes in. Because you're like, this is going to be a great bit. Eric, they'll introduce you. You'll rip off your tearaways and you'll be wearing basketball shorts as people do. As you do. At the beginning of basketball games. I'll rip off my tearaways and I'll just have another pair of candy stripe pants underneath it. And to just to skip ahead for a moment to that reveal at the event, I was just waiting for the crowd to roar in laughter. I don't know if anybody laughed at all when I did that. I don't know if anybody laughed at anything we did the entire event, <laughs> yeah. truthfully. We couldn't hear them. Yeah. Don't know. It's, when you're down there, it's just a din of noise. Yeah. Oh, it's a blur yeah. of adrenaline. So we get all that fixed. We meet Jason Fisher, who is the MC that we have brought in with Pro Camps to actually do real MC work, while Ward and I could just be clowns, truthfully. Jason Zone Fisher is a GD pro. Follow I'm, him on Instagram. Great Instagram. At Jay Z Fish. Is or, that what it is? Or, or, or at Jay Z Fisher. Just look it up. Go, Jason Zone Fisher. Google like, Jason Zone Fisher Instagram. You'll find it. This him. guy is dynamite. He does this kind of stuff all over the country. Great dude. Went to Syracuse and is one of his names is Zone. I know. It's ridiculous. And if he wasn't such a great guy, we really would have hated him. Because he went to Syracuse. Not pompous, just a good, good guy. So we get it together, and now it's time to get the women's camp going. Now, I was really excited for the women's camp because when we started doing this, we decided we wanted to do an event for the men and for the women. And we wanted to get NIL money for the men and the women because women are getting, for the most part, short-shrifted when it comes to NIL. And look, the, the reason is simple. It's just the revenue sports are the male sports. And so that's where the majority of NIL money is going. Two male sports, not even all the male sports. Fair enough. You're, you're absolutely right. So we wanted to do that, and we wanted to do something for the community. And we really thought doing a camp clinic with the women, which is the most popular women's pro, uh, team at Indiana that has ever existed. Easily. With three bona fide superstars on the team, Grace Berger, Allie Patberg, Mackenzie Holmes. Oh, four. Coach Terry Moore. Coach Terry Moore, although she was not part of the event. No, she was not. But we thought with that, let's do an event for just girls. And we were, we got pushback on that. They wanted to make it co-ed, and we really wanted to make it just girls. Ward and I both have daughters, and we thought it would just be cool. And we were told, listen, if we do it just for girls, it's like 40, 50 girls max is what you're going to get. They've done these events before. That's the best they can get at any other school across the country. And then one of the coolest things started happening, just being there and escorting the families down to the gym. As they rolled in, they put on the t-shirt that was provided. That was such a cool feeling, welcoming them into Cook Hall, taking them down the stairs of the elevator to the gym where the women's players were waiting for them. It was awesome. And we, we don't get to interact that often with younger kids. You know, it's a college town, we're usually Roman Kirkwood at night. Our podcast, by nature of how Ward ex talks explicitly, 
uh, is not for younger kids. But we know because there's many irresponsible parents who listen to this podcast and their children happen to be in the car. Yeah, we met one tonight. Room. Yep, yep. Uh, that, uh, look, clearly none of these young children really knew who we were or cared, but they knew we were the ones kind of greeting them and, and taking them down to this camp. And it was so fun to get to talk to these six, eight, 10, 12 year old girls who were so excited to be playing basketball and cook hall with the Lady Hoosiers. It, it was just special. That's the word I just keep using. It was special. 120 girls came. We signed up like 120 and 120 showed up. Some of them were very nicely sponsored by uh, people uh, and the Boys and Girls Club reached out to people and brought them in. But 120 girls were there. It blew the pro camps, people who do this for a living, away. And they had a great gentleman named Jim. Jim. Jim, Jim Story, who, I think. I think so. Who is a former basketball coach. And he ran the camp with the girl, the, the women's team. They were all the coaches. They split them into groups. And we just got to, like, hang out, watch. I was trying to give every girl a high five that I could, encouraging them. I'm sure they were like, who is this freak show? Get him away from me. And I'm sure parents were worried. But it was an amazing event that was capped off to me by the most amazing thing that happened at that camp. Did you see the moment? Yes, that happened this week as far as I'm concerned. There was a girl there named Valerie. I think, was King? it Violet? Violet, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, was it King? I don't know her uh, last okay, name. Okay, her name is Violet. It's on our Twitter stream. Violet uh, is missing the bottom part of her right arm. And they did a contest where it's called Go For It, where you start shooting a layup. And if you make the layup, you win a little prize. And then you can decide, take that prize home or go for it, where you then shoot a free throw and you win a bigger prize. Got to go for it. And if you make that, you shoot a three-pointer and you win the biggest prize. Violet makes the layup. All the women's team is surrounding the free throw lane, clapping for her. All the girls are surrounding, watching in the camp. Violet says, go for it. Steps to the free throw line like a pro, drills the free throw. Then takes a couple steps back and says, go for it, and picks the ball up to heave a legit three and drilled it. Drained them all three, and the way... The women's team leaped up. They, like, jumped up in joy and then just rushed her was, I mean, I, I would say that's that's in the running for the one of the, the, the top things that's happened since we started this podcast. It, it was unbelievable. It was like the women had just won an Elite Eight game, you know, uh, at the buzzer. That's how they reacted. It showed how invested they were and how into the moment they were. And I got some great pictures. You can go to our Twitter, at Hoosier Hysterics, for the hysterics, no E, no I, but, but the, the sometimes, sometimes why. And see that video of Violet. You can also see uh, just great pictures and stuff from the event that, that were amazing. And we'll be putting more out in the next couple of days. Uh, that was an incredible moment. And while that's happening, people are starting to line up for the Fan Fest over at Assembly Hall. We, we see on Twitter there's like kind of tailgating going on for the Fan Fest. So I thought... Why don't, Lord, let's go. Let's go just greet people. You know, we did this at the Bluebird event, and we there's nothing we love more than connecting with the people that are as crazy for Indiana as we are. Yeah, and when they're in a line, they can't get away from us. 
they're sort of trapped they're in the place. And I want to say this also. The Bluebird was one thing. It was free. Okay? This was not free. We asked people to pay for an event. We asked people to give their money. And I don't care if it was the $5 ticket, the $49 ticket, the $99 ticket, or the $199 ticket. We asked people to pay to come to this event without really knowing what the event was going to be. We asked them to do it on faith. And we knew from the fan fests that have happened at Kansas and Kentucky and Creighton and Dayton and some other places that they get about 2,000, 2,500 people. That's what they've gotten. That's what they got at Kansas and Kentucky. And did they charge those events? All free. All free. Yeah. Not a penny to get it. No, and we decided to charge because we wanted... We wanted the fans to invest in these players for that, NIL. That's the thing, because all those other places made it happen with sponsors, and we absolutely could not have made it happen without our sponsors. The Mark Cuban Foundation, uh, Pro Camps, Community Cars, and... Dick Sporting Goods, Kroger. There's a, the other car place. Uh, York Automotive. York Automotive. But, but I do want to say, let me just take a step back here. There's been a lot of talk online about, does Indiana have the businesses that will step up? And can the collective create that? Well, we're working hard on it. But I will tell you, Mark Cuban stepped up. Community Cars has stepped up in a major way. Big time. Okay? York Automotive is stepping up. Lots of individual donors who don't even want to be identified. Some who run big businesses stepped up. We're getting there, guys. We just have to keep pushing. We're not where we want to be, but we're getting there. But... By getting each individual person to contribute. Again, that's how we're going to beat those other schools that already have the big fat cats lined up to dish out the cash money. We're, we've got to do it together. And this has all been over the podcast or Twitter or Twitter spaces. But to see hundreds of people lined up who want Hours to be, before the doors open. Yeah, and I was, I was kind of joking. Like, like, get there early. But people got there early. I know. I remember saying to somebody, like, don't worry, like, you'll get a good seat. And everybody got a good seat, but there were, hun- there, there were probably 800, 900 people lined up before the doors opened at 6 o'clock. And Ward and I, one of my favorite things we did on the weekend was we went down that line and we got to pound every single person that was there. Fist bumps, handshakes, pictures. And I just loved it. The smiles, the love of Indiana University, people that did decide to come and pay their money to come were saying, we support this. We want to connect to this team and we want to connect not just emotionally, but financially. We're going to help them. And that was a really special moment. So that the youth camp ends, the doors, we then get, we then get to go and meet with the men's team. And little, talk to them. little pre-show pep talk. A little pre-show pep talk, which I don't think they need it, truthfully. No. But what was cool is they were engaged. And we told them, guys, we were 10-year-old kids who came to games at Assembly Hall. And if we had the chance to meet Steve Alford or Daryl Thomas or Calbert Chaney. Or Jay Edwards. Or Jay Edwards or Joe Hillman, that moment would last our lifetime. I mean, Ward still has pictures of him and Calbert from when he got to meet Calbert when Ward was like 13 years old. Those are incredible moments, and they mean everything to fans. And they mean everything to the parents, too, who are big fans and big kids at heart. And trying to indoctrinate their children in their ways. And these guys were engaged. They understood. And 
we opened the doors for the first autograph session. And it was just awesome. Everywhere you turned, there was a table with more IU players signing autographs, taking pictures, with a huge line lined up to get them. Do you have the lighter? I don't have the lighter. Did we leave the lighter behind? One second. I'm just going to talk a little trash about Eric here while he limps away. Yeah, he's still limping. It's better. And truthfully, oh, it looks like it's getting worse right now. It gets now. worse when I sit for a while and then don't walk. Yeah, yeah. So um, the doors open and players are interacting with fans. They're signing autographs. Lines are really long. The band is there. They're starting to play. And, man, you know what? We got 30 members of the band to come out. Yes. And, and you would have thought the full marching hundred was there. I mean, they filled that place with some tunes. The like band the, is, is incredible. The, the energy they, they, they brought in was uh, uh, essential. Like, if they had not been there, it would have been a completely different event. And the cheerleaders were there. Mm-hmm. And they brought energy and pomp and circumstance to this event. And, I, and, I, and we got to see people starting to fill the stands. And the courtside seats were full. The bleachers around the courtside seats were full. And then people started filling the main bowl. And I know there's been a lot of talk about what was the attendance and, oh, I wish more people would have shown up. Do I wish more people would have shown up? Of course, I wish every seat was filled. Was I happy with the turnout? 100%. There were about 3,300 people there. Now, okay. And, and it was proposed to have it in Wilkins, in the, in the Wilkinson. Wilkinson, in the volleyball arena which is a a beautiful space it is and we would have basically filled that space but you brought up this point and i couldn't agree more that a huge part of what we all love about indiana basketball is assembly hall and we'd rather have 3300 people in there with some empty seats above us rather than jam backed into a place that a lot of people don't have an emotional attachment to and (coughs) i will say this about the attendance talking to people afterwards who had a great time, maybe weren't there, heard it was a great time, wish they'd been there, want to come to the next one. Uh, I am sure more people will come to the next one. Um, I do wonder, you know, is there a cap we have to think about for this to make sure there is as much interaction between the players and the fans? Because I wouldn't want it to get so big that these kids maybe only get to see one player for like one picture. There's really something beautiful about how intimate it was. Yes, that's a good point. We'll have to think about that going forward. So the event starts, and let me say this. We didn't rehearse this thing. No. We didn't go through the run of show. We did, we, did, we did take considerable time to talk about what the run of show would be, but we never got it up on its feet no. and talked about it. And we had never worked with this MC before. We knew what we wanted to do. We knew Coach Knight was going to be there. We knew that we had some former players that we wanted to give their just due to who decided to not only come but participate. Jay Edwards, John Laskowski, Joe Hillman, Kyle Hornsby, Colin Hartman. Jay Edwards hadn't taken a shot in Assembly Hall. Since 1989. Since 1989. He hadn't signed an autograph, he told me, in over 20 years. And he got to sign autographs, and it filled him with joy to connect to the Indiana uh, fans. And he said to both of us at the end, he gave us a big hug, and said, what are you looking at? There's somebody. Oh, boy. Oh, he's just looking for a place to set up his laptop, I think. Okay. Not a problem. No. Jay. He does have a man purse, though. 
That's all right. You can so still Jay probably... Edwards gave us a hug at the end and said, anything you ever need, I would love to be there. And this is a guy who has been largely estranged from Indiana University basketball. He was there when Bob Knight came back. The event started. We started doing intros. We had an absolute blast. Um, just an absolute freaking blast. If anybody laughed when I ripped off my tearaways and there was more candy stripes underneath, let us know. I just want to know. If we the, just need to know if the joke landed. Did, did the bit work? And, uh, and then we got word that Bob Knight was there. And we stopped introductions. And we did introduction of Bob Knight. John Laskowski did. A man who played for him back in the early 70s when Assembly Hall had just opened. And it was just, it's just special to see Bob Knight at Assembly Hall. And he got surrounded by the players who took pictures with him. And he got fired up. It, the, the way it all just came rushing back to him. And, you know, from my vantage point, you could see the players all excited they jump up because you said hey guys we want to get a picture with you and coach Knight." they all jumped up like like Let's little kids on christmas morning running to coach Knight, and coach Knight was just back in it and we we saw this when he came back for the purdue game too but this was different because this was like 15 iu players dressed like they're ready to start a game you know they're in the warm-ups and they come walking at him and he just went right into it he slapped his hands and he started telling them to get fired up and then they all came behind him with the biggest grins they could possibly have on their faces yep uh and then we went on with the event which which we just thought was a blast and and look i mean anecdotally Every single person that came up to us, which was a considerable number of people, told us how much fun they had. Looking on social media and seeing parents post pictures of themselves with players, of their kids with players. It just was everything we wanted it to be because we had one goal besides raising money for the players. Mm -hmm. The goal was that everybody who came to that thing left with a smile on their face, period. And, and real memories. And, and when I heard you just talking about Laz introducing Coach, and then we're talking about the current players, and then we're talking about parents who are probably around our age and their little kids. I mean, that's all the generations. The newest generation to the oldest generations of Indiana Hoosiers were there and sharing in a day that I think they will all remember for a very long time based on, look, the whole event to me was a blur. I remember often seeing uh, often our players interacting with the fans when they'd come down for the different events, the different games, and just how engaged our players were. They weren't kind of going through the motions or like, we're too cool for this. They were having just as much fun they had as a blast. the fans. My favorite moment, and you can give your favorite moment, and let's let's just, oh. whoa, somebody's screaming down pa- at Kirkwood. Pause for the drunken Kirkwood reveler. <laughs> um, let's move Bob Knight aside, because anytime you're around Bob Knight and he's in Assembly Hall, it's a special moment, so that's the best moment. And I also want to say this to anybody worried about Coach Knight. Look, I don't know what his medical condition is. I'm not a doctor. Karen Knight, his wife, Pat Knight, his son, Larry Rink, the team doctor, are the closest people to Coach Knight. Larry Rink is managing his his medical care. Karen is his wife for many, many years. Pat is his son. Ever since he was born. When we had the idea (laughs) to do this and to ask Coach Knight, we went to Karen, we went to Pat, we went to Dr. Larry Rink, and all three said, 
I hope he does this. We want him to do this because being around the fans, feeling their love, being around the players and the program fills him in those moments with energy and love and emotion, and it's good for him. He gets charged by it, and we saw it manifest in front of our eyes. So I've seen online people that have been arguing, oh, you shouldn't, no one should see Coach Knight anymore. Look, you don't get to choose that. The people that get to choose it are Karen, his wife who loves him, his son who loves him, and Dr. Larry Rink who loves him and respects him and has been caring for him. And him. And him. And if Bob Knight doesn't want to do something, Bob Knight doesn't want to do something, even now. And he wanted to do this. And, so, and I get that if it makes you sad to see his powers have diminished, uh, I understand that, okay? But th- this is ultimately about thanking him. You know, this is about giving him some joy and some energy back. After decades of giving us joy and us energy by the sweat of his brow and the brilliance of his mind, if the people closest to him say, this is good for him, he loves this, he enjoys this, then just suck up your own personal feelings and be like, this is for him as much or more as it is for us. Yes. And it's not about you. (laughs) Surprise. Yeah. Exactly. So, my favorite moment. We're doing the go for it. The one that we explained with Violet. Love the go for it. And we've got this little kid. And I forget his name. It wasn't Cooper, was it? No. I thought it was Cooper, but that Cooper had a Cooper birthday. Cooper was the first one. Right. No, Cooper wasn't the birthday. Cooper didn't That was have... Cal. Oh, boy. Yeah, there was, it's a blur. And, and Cal, it's actually not Calbert. It's Cal something else. But the dad finagled it with the mom, so then the nickname is just Cal. And he can think that it's Calvert. But we had a little kid come out to do the go for it. He, the layup, he just couldn't get, he couldn't, he was too small. He's like four. Oh, I don't think he was four, Ward. (laughs) I really don't. I think he was like three tops. And he tried really hard. And he shot one and didn't get up there. Michael Doerr grabbed this kid and with all seven feet and eight feet plus with his reach, lifted him up as Michael Doerr whispered to me, should I do Lion King? (laughs) And I said, yes. (laughs) He lifted him up and put the kid at the basket and the kid made a shot. And then the kid went to the free throw line. Like, what are we doing here? This is never going to happen. He can't do a free throw. The kid throws one and it goes like four feet. And we're like, one more try. And the kid throws it up, and out of nowhere, Trace Jackson Davis runs into the lane, grabs the ball out of the air, and alley-oop dunks it. To me, this moment was everything. Because to me, this was an interaction with a fan and a, and a player. It was a player being so invested in the moment to know that this is the thing to do to help this kid and give something to the fans with an alley-oop dunk. And it was such a sweet moment from Trace, who is such a good kid. Such a good young man. And he did that for the fans. He did it for this kid. He did it for his teammates. He did it for Indiana basketball. And I just thought it was a stunning moment, and I loved it. That's my favorite moment. Did you have a favorite moment? Uh, Well, you know, I I keep uh, going back to Violet. You know, like the one that that really will stick with me of just, like, what it's all about. Um, And so rather than, like, a a specific moment during the Fan Fest – because it was such a, a fun blur. But at the same time, we're, we're trying not to mess up. 
Jason's doing an amazing job keeping the show moving, keeping the energy going, the crowd informed of really what's going on, that I, I was just in survival mode to a certain degree, trying to enjoy this and that, but just like, what's next? How is everything going okay? But then when it was over, and the fans, are, and, and you know, we said, hey, before you leave, you can come down, and if you didn't get some players' autographs or pictures, just come on down to the floor. Because again, we started with that, we ended with that. That's, that's where, okay, we picked a few volunteers through the crowd to play some of these games, great, but we don't want anybody to feel left out or they didn't get those moments. So then, then we're, we're amongst everybody too, and just like spinning left, right, forward, backward, a friend from school I didn't know was there, complete strangers, people we've met on other trips, Rob Finnessy's mother, Tanika, yes. just who I'd never met before, and is just the most warm, delightful woman you could imagine. And and that's when I realized, holy shit, everybody, everybody down here is smiling. Everybody is so happy. It worked. Joy was had in mass today. And then I could I could really start just to enjoy it. Yes. I'm going to give one more moment, and it's Trace. Okay. We interrupted the eight-player intros to introduce Coach Knight. Oh. We then came back to the player intros, and Coach Knight sat himself down in the corner on the floor next to Larry Rink and watched for a long time. I think he was there for like an hour. Yeah. Oh, easy. <clears throat> and Trace gets introduced, and as every player got introduced, they slapped hands with other teammates. And then we did a little silly interview with them just to get a little personality out. And... Trace comes and gets slaps hands with all of his people, but before Ward could interview him, Trace makes a beeline for Coach Knight and shares a little private moment with Coach Knight where he shakes his hand, Coach Knight says something to him, and then Trace runs back, and then several players after followed suit. That was such a sweet moment, and again shows Trace's character, his understanding of the moment, his understanding of what Indiana basketball is, what it has been, what it can be again, why it's important for the here and now to recognize the past, and that, that blew me away. Well, and then that led to what I would say is my favorite moment we haven't discussed yet, which was I came over asked him you know what what coach Knight and that moment was for him and then he tried to walk away and I I, I had to kind of grab him and yeah. bring him back and that's when you're reminded what a large human being he is Six, nine. and what a small weak human being I am but he at least felt me enough to realize I was getting him back and I was like Trace I can't let you get away yet you know we we all didn't really expect you necessarily to be back here this year you know we all we all thought we'd seen you in assembly hall for the last time what what was it you had left to do that made you come back to Indiana University? And he pointed right up at the five banners and he said to put up a sixth banner. And that place went nuts. I do remember hearing the crowd get awesome. loud for that. And that was, you know, everybody wants to kind of hedge their bets and their expectations and be realistic about this team for this year. But I have no doubt that Trace meant what he said when he pointed up yeah. there. And, and if that, you don't mean it, by the way, if you don't want to do that, you shouldn't be here. And and that that is something that is being unabashedly preached behind the scenes. And we've, you know, we've heard that before. I think we've talked about it. They're here. I think Woody said it uh, to, to the press. We're here to win Big Ten championships and national championships. And to set your expectations any lower than that at Indiana University, uh, you're at you're at the wrong school. So the event goes off. Uh, 
without a hitch, I would say, because it, it was it just really did. it was and, and the Pro Camps guys deserve all the credit. By the way, these are the same guys that did the fantasy camp two years ago. They know what they're doing. Shout out to Greg Darbyshire who owns and runs the company. Shout out to Greg Lazaroff, who's the CEO. Shout out to Jason Zonefisher. Shout out to Adam Trick, who was like boots on the ground there and running the operation. An amazing night. And so many of the ushers and volunteers oh, yeah. um, that participated, and some of them, you know, one in particular uh, came up to us at the game tonight and was just talking about the great time he had. That 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 event does not happen with many, many, many people helping out. So I know a lot of you have questions about the money. Here's what I'm going to say about this: We outdrew the other events that were comparable at big schools like Kansas and Kentucky that gave tickets away for free. We charged, we gave some tickets away for free. We also had a lot of people who donated tickets to the boys and girls club. We had 150 to 200 boys and girls club kids there at the event, which is amazing. I am not going to tell anybody what each player made from this event because I don't think it's our place to tell people what individuals are making. If they want to talk about it, more power to them. What I will tell you is that we raised in the hundreds of thousands of dollars on the event, okay? Each player walked away that night with a check that made them ecstatic. Very happy. Each player is getting a supplemental check because we raised more than we estimated in the last few days. Each player had the opportunity to sign some other deals that you probably have seen online Kroger and Simple Truth, I think it's called, um, Foods. Yeah. That was part of this, which gave them additional money. These players made more money than they ever expected for being there for a few hours. They were all ecstatic. I know that because they thanked us. They thanked everybody who was involved in pro camps. They told each other how great it was. We, and we, we overheard from a manager how excited they were when they got to open those checks. It was like a, a truly something where imagine yourself as an undergrad working more than full-time because that's what being a basketball player is and going to classes and then being able to work for three hours and clear a good amount of money it means a lot it makes life a lot easier right away a really good amount of money i've had parents of players call me once they found out how much money they were getting to thank us and tell us how amazing it was and i'm This is going to sound self-serving, and I realize some people are going to be like, you guys are just touting yourselves. No, it's not about that. I've seen and heard about the hate that we've gotten from some people about the the success or lack thereof of the event. It is categorically untrue to say this was an unsuccessful event. It was absolutely successful. We hit our goals. (coughs) Do we want to get the players more money? Of course we do. Do we want to give them more next year? Of course we do, and we will. But this was an extremely successful event and one that I'm proud to be a part of, and I can't wait to do it again next year. So that's the Fan Fest day, which is one of the best days of my life. The whole day. The women's players, the men's players, the fans, the girls that came to the camp, amazing. The night ended at Nick's. As it often does. <coughs> well, this, this one ended with you bribing the kitchen staff to open back up so we could have a couple of pizzas. It was a little touch and go there for a while. It was. The cheese to crust ratio on a Nick's pizza is out of control. There might have been a little bit of gas going on that night. Might have been. Uh, and that was Saturday. Sunday morning, we got to shoot another NIL. Uh, we, we did an NIL event. Not an event. An NIL project. 
with a lovely couple that I won't give away their names yet until we send out the video. But they have donated to the NIL Collective. And in exchange, we did these videos for them that we will be putting out. And then Ward headed off to Peru to visit his family. And I got to just hang in Bloomington. A uh, special shout out to my father who celebrated his birthday on Monday. I got to go up there and spend some very, very, very precious time with him and, uh, and my sister and uh, her boyfriend and my dad's girlfriend. And I want to thank Evan Martin at Community Cars for giving me a lemonade stained car to take up to Peru. Thank you, Evan. <laughs> I appreciate that. I didn't spill anything else in it, nor did I smoke any cigars on the way there or back. Um, it's funny I'm shouting out my father because I'm sure he's not going to listen to this. But if anybody who knows my father listens to this, tell him I gave him a little happy birthday love. My father came to town yesterday, Monday. I got to hang out with my dad in Bloomington. We had meals at Mother Bear's and and uh, where else did we go? Wait, Uptown. And you told me he'd never eaten at Mother Bear's No, because when my dad was here, there was no Mother Bear's. It came in after he left and he was a cafe pizzeria guy. That's his pizza in Bloomington. And so he had never done Mother Bear's and he loved it. But we did Uptown, we did Mother Bear's. I went to Hinkle's Hamburgers, which was incredible. I've not had a chance to do that. We went to Culver's. You know, what we, we did gloss over uh, pre-Fan Fest was we, we got to have lunch at Uptown with one of our favorite human beings and the greatest Hoosier fan of all time, Angelo Pizzo, who also made it to the event. And look, it got a little um, scatter shot at the beginning of the event because uh, uh, the, the coaches were there um, before everything began. But as soon as the players came to the court, and we're going to start shooting free throws. The coaches had to hightail it out of there because that would have counted against like their practice time. Right. So we had to be very careful about that to, to, to play everything right by the book. But in that, when we didn't get to really introduce them, Angelo was over there with them. And it was very much to our chagrin that we did not announce Angelo's presence as the uh, screenwriter producer of the greatest basketball movie of all time, greatest, greatest sports, sports movie. movie of all time. Hoosiers, it meant a lot to have him there. And I do know, of course, many, many, many people did realize he was there as I saw him signing a bunch of autographs, but just wanted to give him a special shout out because anytime he's in the house, it's a big deal. Absolutely. He's just such a wonderful person and he is, he's a treasure. He is a Hoosier treasure and a national treasure. His stories are amazing. He's a professional storyteller. And any time you get to spend with Angelo is an incredible time. So let's just cut to the game because we're going to keep this short. We're already at the hour point here. And it's, it is cold out here. Look, being at the game, walking into Assembly Hall, walking with you and my dad up to Assembly Hall, talking to the fans, leading in, walking around the court before the game. Well, well you can't forget our date. Our date, Cat. Cat, yes. Who is a fan that we met and we included her in our group. Shout out to Cat and the DMV. Uh, it was special. It was it was truly unique, and it felt memorable to be there for the beginning of the Mike Woodson era, which we still and will have continued faith that it's going to be a incredible era of Indiana basketball and one that returns us to glory. I don't want to spend too much time talking about the game because it's the first game we won. Let's let's. The most important thing is we won. Were there problems with the team? Yes. Were should those have been expected? Yes. This Do is this is a new team. Yes, we have some players returning, some good players returning, but we got a bunch of new players. 
that are playing a lot. And guess what? Every single one of them are playing for a new coach with a new approach to offense and to defense. And yes, the gentleman who uh, was looking for what I thought was a place to work with his laptop is now dancing. He's dancing. <laughs> like Fred Astaire dancing. Um, yeah, it's a new team, but the energy in the building was really great. Seeing Woody walk out as the coach of Indiana University for the first time for a real game at Assembly Hall was incredible. The emotion was great. They it was, looked great. Who, oh, yeah, man. We're wearing the suits. Uh, yeah, and, and as far as we know, we're the only team in the Big Ten where the coaches are going to be wearing suits. As far as we know. I, I didn't see who else. Like, I don't know if Michigan State did tonight in their game. I don't know if Ohio State did. The word was that the most of the coaches got to, that the coaches got together and decided we're going to wear casual. And you know what Woody said? Go F yourself. <laughs> I'm wearing a suit. And I love that. I, I, I do love it. And all of the coaching staff and the support staff looked sharp. I think Benny Sanders got a new cut before the game. His hair was looking sharp. Who do you think was best dressed? Mm. I'm going yeah. Yeah, looked He great. had like a light gray suit. He had a pink tie. He had these cool blue shoes. I'm going yeah for best dressed. I'll, I'll second that. Kenya went with the sport coat and different color pants. I don't know. I want Yada to go. I mean, Kenya to go suit. I need him to go suit. Yeah, I, who looked immaculate because he always does. No matter what time it is, night or day, in the office, in a casino in French Lake. Brian Walsh. Fair, fair. Always looks sharp. So it was incredibly special to be there. And there's, there's no point in us breaking down the game. But let, let's say one other thing. As it was 20 minutes before game time and there wasn't a lot of people in the stands yet and I had a little bit of a sinking feeling as like oh boy as like some level of irreparable damage not irreparable because we win enough and those that won't be a problem at all well it turns out it's still not that much of a problem because with the renewed optimism around this program that coach Woodson has brought along with his staff and you know bringing Trace back landing some stud recruits some of which are here already some of which are coming uh, that place filled up i there i don't think there's another program in the country that could have gone through the last five years that we've gone through and then have a an opening game against eastern michigan which is like 282nd in the ken palm and put what 14,000 15,000 there were people in the balcony there were know, some people in both balconies so so i was really heartened to see that yes this isn't just a little echo chamber of of the hardcore fans who are going to be there through thick and thin it's like no no there's still a ton of people who support this program and the students packed the student section at least in the lower sections were jam-packed they were on their feet they were cheering and they don't remember the last time we were really good fair enough game ended we had to go finish our uh trip with a uh, dinner at Zagreb's. We book we bookended the trip with Zagreb's. We did. It was closing quickly, and we we were later getting out of there than we thought, and there was no way we were going to be able to walk there in time before the kitchen closed. So we called an Uber. The Uber could not figure out how to get there. So we did the only thing we could think of. We hitchhiked. <laughs> we were uh, we were right there. Uh, what, what's the road right there on the south side of? Isn't that 17th? That's 17th, yeah. So we're right there on 17th. And the reason the Uber can't get through is because part of 17th is blocked off for traffic flow. And there's like a trickle of cars coming out of Assembly Hall. We kind of shut the place down. 
So we just start putting our thumbs out and maybe like the fourth car is this sweet, sweet, what was it, an Escalade? No, no a, Denali. A, a Denali. A Denali rolls up, rolls down the window. And Screams, who's your hysterics? <laughs> and we responded, can we hitchhike with you? <laughs> and they said, yes. Are you serious? I think, I think they had to make sure we weren't joking around. And we were like, yeah, no, we need to get to Zagreb's now. So me, you, and my dad <laughs> jump in the back seat with Aiden, the kid. Yeah, we didn't realize there was a child in the back. The dad and his friend in the front, and they hightailed it for us, got us to Zagreb's, jumped out, took a picture with them. Huge shout out to our new best friends in all of Bloomington. And we had an incredible meal at Zagreb's to end it. And here we are. We tried to keep this down to about an hour. We're a little bit over. But Ward... It makes me sad to end a Bloomington trip. I love being here. It's the longest I've been in Bloomington since graduating. Same, IU. same. And um, I love this place more and more every time I come here. And I'm not, if you want to break down the game, there's plenty of places to go to break down the game. I'm excited for the Mike Woodson era. I'm as excited for it as I was before the game. I'm not going to let a win against Eastern Michigan sour me. Are the things I was pissed off about in the second half especially? Sure. But I love being here. I love Mike Woodson. I love this program. I love this team. I love this school. I love this city. And that's going to continue forever. I'll just say Mike Woodson came on our podcast a couple times, and he's undefeated as the Indiana head coach ever since. Boom. Let's leave it at that. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I, but, but the, the sometimes why. We will talk to you next week. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics.